0: Hey, revolutionaries, this is Sylvia, and you're listening to the Revolution of Wholeness. Now, before we get started with this juicy revolution making, I want you to know that the Revolution of Wholeness is brought to you by the Has Everything in Co. platform. Has Everything in Co. is a constellation of projects made by me, Sylvia, and in the Has Everything universe, we believe that we have everything we need to create the lives we most desire for ourselves, for each other, and as we build our communities and networks. There's even a book by the title, We Have Everything, that came out in March of this year that details the blueprint. Every star in the constellations produced by the Has Everything and Co universe are steps along the way to seeing all of our dreams manifest. Welcome to the conversation. This part is the revolution of wholeness. Hey, revolutionaries, it's me, Sylve, back for the final episode of 2024, as well as the final episode of the interlude season. I wanted to say thank you all so much for being here and hanging on through this chaotic season. Uh, There's been lots of background noise, lots of weird stuff going on, uh, mic problems, et cetera, et cetera, and I appreciate you all for being here, and hanging in. I'm a little more settled into my new home now. Um, I have my recording situation set up, so my fingers are crossed that we are set up and ready to go for next year. To close this year, I want to share a few reflections and also introduce a new concept to you all that I'm gonna be focusing on a lot in 2024, at least for the first half of the year. And a lot of our episode today is also going to be around this concept of focusing. And what does it actually take to focus? Y'all know me, you know, I'm an ADHD girly. And so when a sis like me can actually focus, that's saying something. You know, for me, I've been in survival mode for most of my life. And now I'm finally in a place where I can actually relax and calm down and address A lot of the survival mode stuff that's in me that was really helpful to get me to where I am now, but is actually extremely unhelpful uh, for this next season of life. So while I have gratitude to a lot of the survival mode skills that I learned for getting me through, I'm also really ready to lay them down to rest, place them in the earth, let them become compost, and allow those old things to become nutrition for the new things. Y'all know I'm a mushroom nerd, (laughs) and that's pretty much the same thing that mushrooms do. They come in maybe a forest where a tree has fallen, and they take what's old, dying, and decaying, and they kind of midwife it along its way into becoming nutrients. They break down all the bad stuff, well, it's not really bad, but the dead stuff into micronutrients, which can then become food for the new seeds that are getting planted. So that's what I'm doing. I'm in a mushroom moment. You know, something that I learned in survival mode is how to be a jack of all trades, which is super duper awesome and it's got me through. I just got laid off from my day job and because I have so many skills, like I can kind of fill the gap with clients and entrepreneurial work. So, you know, again, that's a really awesome survival mode trait uh, or skill that I learned, but, um, I'm realizing that when you're a jack of all trades, one of the things that happens is it's actually really hard to focus, um, on any one particular thing. And you might do a bunch of things like kind of well, but you don't actually do any of them super well. For me in 2024, I'm really committed to excellence and facing challenges that I've avoided and ran away from before part of that is definitely learning how to focus. So that's the theme of the episode today. I first was told that I needed to focus cuz I I didn't even realize that this was something that I wasn't doing and that I needed to do for a long time cuz a lot of my survival mode stuff that I have started to do is out of my awareness. It's kind of like a subconscious thing that I do for safety, which is really normal. That's what survival mode is. So I didn't even realize I wasn't focusing, to be honest. And when I was in grad school, my mentor, she said, well, what if you focus? And I was like, what? What are you talking about focus? She was like, well, you do all these different things because you're interested in them and you're curious. And honestly, I think you want to fill your time a little bit so you can run away from something. But what if you just focused because you have a lot of talent, skills, and ability. And I think if you channeled that towards something, something great would happen. And I heard that and I decided it was good advice. And that was in 2018. And since then, I have not focused, (laughs) but I've been thinking about this concept and like trying to Get myself to a situation where I felt like I could focus ever since then. So I guess it's been five years, damn near six, because we're about to be 2024 now. Wow, I didn't even really do the math until just now. That's a long time of working hard to get out of survival mode and into a place where I can focus. So I say that to say if this is the first time you're hearing about this concept and maybe looking at yourself, and reflecting, it can take a long time. For me, as somebody with ADHD, you know, my brain is really primed for hypervigilance and quote, unquote, multitasking. Here's the secret. Nobody's actually good at multitasking. It's a lie our brain tells us, but you know, whatevs. And those things are really at odds with focusing on one thing and becoming great and excellent in that one thing. I realized, though, that a lot of the things that were causing me to not be able to focus or to stay in survival mode, stay hypervigilant, they were environmental. So it was things like where I was living, the people I was around, the kinds of nutrition I was putting into my body, the things I was listening to, the things I was seeing. And some of those things you don't want to change. Like Maybe certain family members stress you out, but you're not going to cut them off like they're, they're just important for you to keep around or maybe certain friends that you've had for a long time. Maybe other friends you've had for a long time, you know, you do need a little less space or a little more space, excuse me, between the two of you. But there's a lot that has to do with your environment that will keep you in survival mode, whether that's poor nutrition you know, media influences, etc. And not only are some of those things, things you might not want to change, some of them might actually be outside your power to change. So for me, I think that's why it took so long, because I had to slowly, slowly, slowly accumulate the power to actually change some of these things. For example, if you live in a chaotic house with a bunch of roommates that are disrespectful, and that's, Making it hard for you to focus because you're always being disrespected or interrupted or whatever. I used to live in a house like that back in 2018. In fact, I had one roommate who was just literally drunk every single day from like morning until night. Like, I don't think he was ever not drunk and he wouldn't even take care of his dog. So that was a lot. Don't live in houses like that, is my advice. But anyway. Housing, for example, is not necessarily a thing that you can just change that fast. You know, there's leases, it's expensive. So some of these things, when you're looking at your environment and things that are making it hard for you to focus, while it is important to put goals around those and figure out how you're going to change them, it's also important to be compassionate for yourself and understand that things take time that we live inside of systems, and systems are hard to change. They're not impossible to change, but they are hard, and it takes a lot of time and intention, commitment, discipline in order to change them. So compassion is definitely a very important thing to have for yourself while you're going through these changes. Being realistic about how long they're going to take And then the third thing to keep in mind, too, is getting a little bit curious and imaginative about the things that you do have power over to change. In 2018, when I first realized that something needed to change, I felt super helpless and super powerless because it just felt like all of the changes that needed to be made were so big and so vast that I was never going to be able to accomplish any of it. But, and this is also an ADHD trick for productivity. It works for life change as well. I chunked out the tasks. Simple as that. It sounds simple and yet in practice, you know, (laughs) sometimes it just, I don't know why it's so much harder to apply than it is to like logically think about something, but probably because of emotions or something, but anyway, maybe we can explore that in a future episode. Point being, while these things are easy to think about and seem quite simple, logically, they can be hard to apply. So chunking, while it can seem really straightforward when you're looking at your calendar for work, like, oh, this task, this task, this task, they go together on Tuesdays, that task, that task, that task, they go together on Thursdays, It can be a little bit harder when you're like looking at your whole ass life and trying to do that kind of chunking out of tasks and goal orienting. But if you can just get curious, maybe even go balls to the wall with your imagination about what are all the things that you would change if you could, and just write them all out on a big piece of paper. It doesn't even have to be lined. All of the things that you would change if you could, in order to maybe have less of that feeling like you need to be hypervigilant all the time, have less of that feeling like you're being overwhelmed by life and your environment all the time. And then go through the list or the picture or the scattered ball of words, whatever you created, and just circle three to focus on for the month. That's it, just three. And you might have come up with like 50, 11 things that you want to change or like 27 things that you want to change, you know, whatever. Not all those things are going to happen at once. So then comes this very interesting challenge as well of accepting yourself. And that's where the compassion comes in. Because as long as you're working toward change and also unaccepting of yourself, that's how long you're going to be unsuccessful. But when you work toward this change, you do it incrementally, strategically, you choose a few things to focus on at a time, and you have compassion for yourself, you accept the things about yourself that you want to change, you accept the things about your life that you want to change that you aren't going to at this moment. That's where the freedom is. That's where the power is. That's where your capacity and your ability are. What happens when you're able to actually focus and then accept the things you're not going to focus on, as long as you can just be with them, like really be with them, and you're not going to like it, or you might actually grow to like it eventually, but just be with these things. You might feel uncomfortable, (laughs) which might also trigger your ADHD, hypervigilance, whatever, whatever you have, but it's okay to be uncomfortable sometimes. Sometimes it's even actually good. And something I'm actually feeling like is more interesting than self transformation for 2024 is self acceptance. And I'm not going to stop transforming because I'm a human being, I'm organic, and I'm always going to grow. It's just how it goes. But I don't think I've ever accepted myself like my entire life. And if you're listening to my podcast, you probably are like me because you resonate with me so my guess is that that's something that you've maybe never done either so eventually when you're able to release some of that hypervigilance maybe change some of your environment develop a little bit more stability in your life the focus will become easier and it becomes like compound interest right if you don't if you're not familiar with the concept of compound interest it's like when you put $5 in the bank and then you know say your interest rolls over monthly next month you have $5.50 that's a crazy ass interest rate no one has a bank account with that interest rate i wish but then the next month they're going to apply the interest to that entire $5.50 so you have a new principal and so it's going to grow exponentially so instead of growing 50 cents 50 cents 50 cents month over month It'll grow 50 cents next month, 55 cents, next month, 60 cents, etc. You get the picture. In the event that there are any math nerds that listen to this, I am aware I didn't do the math right. Please don't come for me in the comments. I don't care. So the focus, it will end up growing exponentially. And that is something that's really always been hard for me is, is focusing. It requires a lot of stillness, a lot of quiet, a lot of listening. And again, you know, with ADHD, my brain is really primed for vigilance. It's primed for hyper listening, listening to multiple things at a time. It's not really primed for focusing on one thing. And you can't really get rid of a diagnosis. Like diagnoses are with you forever. But I believe, based on my research, you can change your mind. So while I will be an ADHD girly for the rest of my life, I can also actually develop new skills, develop new neural pathways, etc. So it does sound a little silly since I can't just like release a diagnosis, but in 2024, I'm going to focus and I'm releasing hypervigilance. I'm releasing scatterbrainness. I'm releasing getting really overwhelmed really fast and not being able to think. Something that makes me feel like I will actually be successful at this, regardless of my diagnosis, regardless of what my brain is primed for due to my childhood, et cetera, is how much success I've had in emotional regulation due to yoga and meditation. I have been going down a goddamn research rabbit motherfucking hole. That's how much of a rabbit hole I've been down. I had to cuss twice, Okay about how do you actually change your mind how do you change your nervous system how do you change your brain because this adhd stuff is like cellular to my brain but there's research out there that shows you can change your cells you can change yourself on a cellular level so while i am releasing the hypervigilance the scatterbrainness all these symptoms of adhd and making space for focusing, I'm also going to be changing my brain while practicing self-acceptance. And it's this yin and yang of self-acceptance and change where I feel like I'm going to find some golden nuggets. I am going to get into more detail about my success with yoga and meditation and exactly which techniques that I use next year. Um, So you can look forward to that. So we're not going to get too much into that this episode, uh, because I want to take my time and focus on this concept of yoga and meditation and how it can support us in changing our actual brains, changing our nervous systems, so that we get a real chance at living our lives. Because I don't know about y'all, but When I'm in like ADHD central and I'm scatterbrained, overwhelmed, not only does it affect my productivity and my ability to show up at work, it affects my relationships too. Because when my brain feels like that, I'm more emotionally reactive. I'm more disrespectful. I'm more just in kind of like survival defense mode, which does not leave me open to connection with other people. And it makes connection really hard to sustain. So I'm really excited for a lot of different reasons to dive into this deeper for myself, but also to share it with you all. I think that this is a culmination of this entire year's exploration of what does it mean to be whole in a system that wants us dismembered? Because I do really see my ADHD as a dismembering of my brain. I think it's also a superpower, don't get me wrong. I love my ADHD and it's a response to my environment. And now that I've developed this more stable, safe environment for myself, I need my brain to start showing up differently. And similarly to behavioral habits, changing those, changing your brain does take time, but it is possible. So I'm really excited. If you're still listening, I don't know why you wouldn't be. This is not a very long podcast. I know y'all like my sass. I have developed a brand new concept, which when I came up with the name, I Googled it and I was like, are you serious? Nobody's ever thought of this before. Like, what are you talking about? So I did this Googling and I was like, should I trademark this? Is this like a really good idea? And I think it was. So I did go ahead. And call it mine, which I'm just going to be honest with you all and confess a little bit. I do have some qualms with the whole trademarking thing because, like, I feel like trademarking is really anti yoga and anti environment because those are all about like sharing and community and all that stuff. And trademarking is all about this is my intellectual property. However, I've decided that as both an environmentalist and a yogi, this idea is basically my big contribution to the conversation of what's next for the environmental movement and also what's next for yoga. So, you know, I don't know, feels big to me. (laughs) Drum roll, please. This concept, I am calling it eco-yoga. Right? That name sounds so easy, right? Like it sounds like something somebody else should have thought about before. Because environmental people, you know, hippie tree huggers, woo woo yogis, I feel like there's a lot of overlap there. So I'm like, why did nobody think of this before? But maybe it's because I was born to think of it. Hair flip. Eco yoga is really exciting to me as a coming together of so many different concepts. That I've studied over several years and it's felt really scattered, like my ADHD brain. But I found this way to focus all of these concepts into one house, which I'm calling eco yoga. So I want to tell you a little bit about how I came up with the name, and then we're going to wrap the episode and I'll see you after the new year. So, for those of you who don't know, eco actually comes from the Greek word for house and Ecology is the study of our house. And so that's how it came to be known as the environmental studies ecology, because this is the only home that we have, planet Earth. As much as Elon Musty wants to act like we're going to go colonize Mars, it's just not going to happen. The science does not point toward life on another planet happening sustainably. He could go live there um, and live out the rest of his life there away from the rest of us earthlings. But it's not gonna happen sustainably for generations over generations. This is our one home. And so that's where the word ego comes from. Yoga is a Sanskrit word, which roughly translated into English means union. And there are so many different ways to interpret that word. So for me, eco yoga, when I translate that from its original into English, what it means is earth house unity. So when I'm referring to this concept of eco yoga, what I'm talking about is all of the practices of developing, creating, cultivating, maintaining, sustaining earth house unity. And that applies to right relationship between humans and the earth, between plants and animals, between humans and other humans, et cetera. So these are all these concepts that I love to study. Like, what is it about my brain that gets in the way of my ability to relate to somebody, whether it is implicit bias, whether it is emotional dysregulation, whatever. And people hate to admit they have implicit bias, but we all do. We are all racist, we're all prejudiced about something, so you might as well accept yourself while you work on changing, okay? This is something I'm really excited about. For those of you that are super fans, I did open a new Instagram as part of the trademarking process. It's called Eco Yoga by Sylvia. I might change it to The Eco Yoga, I don't know. But if you're a super duper fan, you can go find that Instagram. There's a trailer on there that I made for what ego yoga means. And yeah, that's that. You know, with that, revolutionaries, I'm going to leave you. I hope you have a wonderful, restful moment between the Santa holiday and New Year's. I think, I don't know about y'all, but for me, my New Year is starting up real quick. I'm gonna go back to work on January 2nd, which I normally don't do. I usually try to like push it out, but I you know, I don't care this year. I'm I'm gonna hit the ground running. I don't know why. I don't care, but I don't care about taking extra rest time in January. If there's one thing that I would like to invite you all to do, if you're gonna be like me and get ready and get started for work immediately on January 2nd, do take some time to rest, to calm your nervous system. Maybe look up a little yoga flow on YouTube. I love yoga with Adrian. I think everybody loves yoga with Adrian. She's like the most watched yogi on in, on YouTube. Maybe download a meditation app. You know, Calm is great. I should probably find a way to get sponsored by them so I can have it a favorite code, but you know, whatever. At the end of the day, do you. Find some nervous system regulation. Find some connection with your loved ones. And I'll see you in the new year.